Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. We've got a great show for you this week. Bill Snodgrass is going to be joining us to cover the Game Developers Conference that just happened this week. Virtual conference, but it sounds like it was a pretty good one. So be interested to see what actually happened there. And we're going to be back on the road pretty soon, as long as things continue to go well to do a couple of live shows. Black Hat is coming up in Las Vegas. Silicon is coming up at the end of August in San Jose. So as long as everybody stays healthy, looking forward to getting back on the road. Got a great show for you this week. We're going to be talking a little bit about hacking and some other things. Send us your questions and your comments. One user-friendly on Twitter, one user-friendly on Facebook. And with no further ado, let's go to the news. Sunrise Stretch Massage Treating Stress, Pain, and Injury. Schedule today for a therapeutic massage tailored for you. We offer a 10% discount for your first visit. That's sunrisestretch.org. So what is in the news? Amazon warns of scams. Yeah, now this is interesting. This is a story that was out there, and I just had this happen to me this last week. Uh, So it's definitely something we can verify. We'll be putting the details up on social media today. But what we've got going on here is something that Amazon's warning about, and we've seen it with other companies. I've seen it with Home Depot and stuff, where you'll get an email. In this case, it'll look like it's from Amazon, or at least it'll sort of look like that. And it'll usually say something like, your order for whatever, in my case, it was a laptop computer for $700, has been processed and charged to your account. If you have any questions, call customer service, and here's the phone number. Uh Of course, if you call the phone number, you don't get Amazon customer service, you get the scammer. And what happens is, is they'll ask you, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry, did you want to cancel that order? Well, yes. Okay, well, in order to cancel that order, we need your payment information and some other things to look it up. And now, of course, mm-hmm. the bad guys have got your payment information. So that's the scam. So the thing is, is you should go to your Amazon interface and go to your account yes. and look to see what your orders are. Yeah, and this is exactly the case. And the bigger stores, even the smaller stores offer this usually. We can go look at your order history. And also, if you do want to talk to the company, Go to their website and get the phone number or the online chat address or whatever the case may be. Do not click on a link in the email. (laughs) Uh, There's all kinds of things that can go wrong if you do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best thing is is just to check it out because if you didn't order it, is there an error? I mean, it is possible, but more likely they're attempting to scam you. Tesla to charge subscription fee for the non-fully autonomous capabilities of their electric cars. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of scams, although I don't think this is Mm -hmm. supposed to be. It feels like it. This is an issue that started a while back in which Tesla has the ability to do what are called over-the-air updates. They can change the software in your car, the settings and the actual programming over the air without you doing anything or allowing or disallowing it. Uh, Updates like you'd have with Windows 10, except it's in the case of the car. Well, where this all started was about a year and a half ago, someone bought a used Tesla. And about a month after they bought it, Tesla disabled the auto drive function, uh, autopilot as it's called in that, and a number of other features saying, well, you didn't pay for it. The original owner did. If you'd like to turn it back on, it's going to cost you an additional $10,000 on the top of the price of the car. Needless to say, that was met with some kind of a bit of a negative reaction, especially on the part of the buyer. Yeah. So where Tesla wants to go with this now is they want to start doing these functions as a subscription that would cost $199 a month. So if you want those functions, you pay for that. If you don't want those functions, then you don't pay for that. 
Of course, the price of the car is not going down, so this would be on top of what you are already paying for your car. Yeah. And if you don't like a subscription model, you can buy a permanent, I think it's permanent just as long as you own the car, function where for $10,000. Then you don't have the monthly fee anymore. Oh, God. That is so absurd. It is, and um, it's frustrating. Okay. Malaysian authorities crush 1000 69 crypto mining rigs with a steamroller. Yeah, under the sub-item of drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that sounds like they were trying to make a point. I like, think so. <laughs> yes, yes. And we've seen stuff like this before where they uh, uh, deal with all this kind of thing. And there's several videos online that are kind of interesting watching this. But what it actually is wasn't even the rigs. But they're having a lot of problems in different places in the world, including Malaysia, where the crypto mining operations are stealing electricity. In this case, they think they stole about two million U.S. dollars of electricity to run all these rigs, and they do that by bypassing meters or tapping in in a way that it's not accounted for under their name, and it's becoming a problem. In fact, the amount of electricity that crypto mining is using is becoming a huge environmental concern just because of the carbon footprint it's creating. So, in this particular situation, they confiscated all of these rigs. And as you say, I wanted to definitely put a little drama in there and make a point. So they took a giant steamroller, set them all up, and destroyed them with the steamroller. Yeah. Well, maybe we shouldn't be promoting cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, this is one thing I do agree with Elon Musk on, is that it is um, definitely something that's using a lot of electricity. And the way that the crypto mining works in some cases is illegal. If you're mm-hmm. stealing electricity and that type of thing, I don't see a problem with it if you're paying for what you're doing, and especially now with some of these things using green energy, we talked about last week them converting a hydroelectric dam specifically for this purpose, then okay, you're doing what you're supposed to. But in these cases, and in a lot of these countries, the power grid barely you know, offers power for all the people that need it and legitimately should have it. So right. these kind of things are causing problems. Coalition of countries accuse China of cyber hacking spree. So, Russia, now it's China. Um, mm-hmm. No surprise. And yeah. this kind of thing is actually becoming a problem. We're hearing about malware attacks and ransomware attacks and just hacking on almost a daily basis now. And it's, it's, it's just going on all over, the, you know, all over the place, big business, small business, all that stuff not uh, being separated anymore. The coalition of countries is the United States, of course. Uh, NATO, the European Union, Australia, Britain, Canada, Japan, and New Zealand. And this is a little bit of an unusual group to get together to agree on something like this. But I think a lot of these places are just getting done with it mm-hmm. and uh, want to see this come to an end. And the thing of it is, is this kind of hacking is actually almost considered to be by some as a form of war. Yeah. Because they're getting in and they're dealing with stuff. And this all started with the hack into uh, solar winds and all of that at the end of last year, which got into a lot of other equipment. Uh, we just recently had a hack that took out a lot of different grocery stores and other things. I noticed last week that a lot of the synchrony credit cards were offline. You couldn't log in any of them, and they have not disclosed a reason as to why yet, but it was down for almost a day. So you're seeing hmm. a lot of technical problems kind of across the board, and unfortunately, a lot of this does have to do with hacking. And in a lot of cases here, There isn't a lot that we have users can do about it anymore. At one time, you would change your password if that information got out. Well, there's so much information that's gotten out to the dark web now 
that it's almost to a point of, you know, it's, it's still good to keep a strong password, change them. Those policies are never a bad thing to do. Keeping track of your financial accounts is important, all of that kind of stuff. But on these bigger companies and things, it's if you have it in a software update that the company is either subscribing to or hasn't made themselves, even in running the updates, it now creates a situation where they could become infected. I still recommend keeping updates on because when they do find them and fix them, that's also the way that they correct these problems. But it is becoming a huge scenario and something that is very, very important to just be aware of really more than anything and just keep an eye on your stuff. Spyware successfully broke into iPhone. Yeah, speaking of which, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, this is a hack that's being done through iMessage. A scary part of it is, is you don't even have to open the message for it to compromise the phone. Oh. Apple is pushing an update that will block this. Uh, primary targets of this have been things like reporters, journalists, activists, that kind of thing. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's, it's that kind of an information. Once in, they, once they break into the phone, they can get access to information in the phone. So, again, with a journalist, especially in some countries, you oh. really wouldn't want that to happen. I see where mm. you're going with that. So, The last video store is now coming to PSVR. PSVR being PlayStation Virtual Reality. Yeah. This is a game. The uh, trailer was very interesting. Uh, really? Yeah, to be honest, I... I watched, I think it's something that I'd, I'd find kind of cool. I don't know if this is going to make it to production or not. I think they're going to have some licensing problems, but you can drive around the video store. When you look to the seat in your car, the videotapes are sitting there to return. When you look at the dashboard of the car, it's a cassette deck, so it's from the era that this whole would have been something. When you mm. walk into the video store, it's the obvious blue and yellow from Blockbuster, although it's not called that. Uh-huh. You can walk around the store, pick up a tape, read it, just like you would have in the store. And in some cases, watch the video. That's where I think they're going to have a licensing problem. Ah. But um, it is an interesting concept. There's a lot <laughs> of uh, people that, that like this. There's one Blockbuster store left in Bend, Oregon. There's actually a documentary on it on Netflix, which was an interesting watch. So definitely something that's out there. So we'll see if it's released. It could be a very interesting game. And if it is, we'll review it. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We've got a great show for you this week. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Bill, you got to go to a convention, sort of. Yeah, this online thing's kind of weird. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I'm really ready to be able to go back to these things live. But you did get to check out the uh, gaming convention. Um, uh, the, yeah, GDC, the Game Developers Conference. Game Developers Conference, yep. The, uh, there are actually quite a few this year, so that one specifically, which I've been trying to get to now and got canceled last year for COVID, and uh, this year was virtual. So, um, But anyway, looking forward to actually seeing it in person. So what did you think? I mean, my first impression, you know, just going through uh, the event agenda, scheduling, there is a lot of emphasis on networking this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, you know, computer networking. I mean, interpersonal unit, uh, networking, you know, between you, other creators, things like that. People networking, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I got to say, there was a couple of uh, events here uh, that were held, kind of short ones that kind of caught me off guard that I wasn't expecting to see here. 
uh, turned out to be very interesting pieces, uh, specifically one that was given by a museum okay. in France, uh, specifically in Paris. Uh, the name of the event, uh, the uh, panel was Entertainment VR slash AR Insurrection 1944. Mixed reality experience, bringing interactive storytelling to a museum's audience. Now, this was uh, about the French rebellion, as I guess we'd say it was an insurrection and such, um, against the Germans back in World War II. And this museum, the way they wanted to do things was give, with uh, using Google Glass and such, an AR overlay to bring history to life, so to speak. Now, they had a lot of different things, and they covered so many interesting things, such as they had, because they have like 100% humidity where they are, it's very hard for them to lay network into these historic uh, tunnels and uh, basements and building uh, and have it survive. As you know, computer parts don't like moisture. (laughs) No, this is true. (laughs) So they had to completely from the ground up take it and build in all these different various things for landmarking, for tracking. Plus, on top of that, you know, this is a game developers conference, so you think it's about a game. There are different actions and motions and things you can say and ask to these virtual uh, individuals who are historic individuals brought back, you know, to virtual life um, for you to witness there in our space through the usage of uh, alternate or augmented reality, you know, Google Lens. And so they were really talking about how it's very user friendly in that way to where if you don't ask the correct thing, they'll ask you different various things like, do you want to know about this? Do you want to know about that? And after a certain timeout, they'll just move on to the next area. Okay. In case you happen to forget things, um, there's other ways. And it's all uh, autonomous to each headset. So you get to have your own situation. You're not linked to a group or something like that. Now that's interesting. That's an interesting way to pull it off. And you know, one of the things that I think kind of comes to mind is really in creating these type of environments, you actually have to create the environment. So when you're dealing with actually going into tunnels and trying to map things and all of that, there's an extra layer that doesn't exist in your 2D games. Oh, yeah. Um, and that really was an interesting, it was just an interesting thing to see and what they were showing, what it looks like. And it's a full-time uh, interactive uh, exhibit there now. Right, right. And uh, and a lot of mu- museums are doing this. Now, I, augmented reality and virtual reality, I think, is something that has been coming into its own. We've talked about the Oculus in the past, and since you can't, you still can't get any of the next-generation consoles, it seems like it's created a lot more interest for these other things. Oh, yeah. Um And I, I think it really does have a future going forward. You know, we both have Quest 2s and... You know, they've been fun. Yep. Uh, definitely better than the old Rift that we had. Uh. Yep, and the, the Rift worked. It was just the tethering. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, it was definitely a first-generation product. And you can see where these things have been upgraded with the with the Quest 2. And you can still use the cable, so that's kind of cool. But it's it's interesting to see it going this direction. And I did see a lot more with virtual reality and augmented reality. What are some of the other things that you saw? Well, there was an interesting panel held by IKEA. Apparently, everything you see in their catalog is actually uh, entirely made in 3D programming. Oh, wow. Okay. All the images of like, oh, this is how you could set up your house and such. Yeah, I I guess it's all completely uh, 3D, all CGI. So that's interesting. So you could take a picture of your room and kind of figure out what would look good in it. 
Well, no, I meant the like when you p- bring up a picture in IKEA and it's like here's like a kitchen area. Oh, and it okay. shows like like bunch of their products, right? Being used. Yeah, that's actually all CGI. Okay, that's interesting. That's not what I would have thought, but uh, okay, I have to say they do a pretty good job. Oh yeah, they, it was. They went far into depth on how they were studying with uh, various um, photography and such to get the lighting and all that, and you know everything correct so that they had very good framing to do this marketing on such. And their explanation was it was a lot cheaper to go through all this process than it was to actually make these uh, photo shoot stages because I mean you know how much it takes to make a film stage. So oh, yeah. yeah, you know there's a. A lot that goes into that. And I think we're seeing a lot more of that now where it's looking real. I was just looking at a listing of a house and I know the house and uh, in the listing, there are these high end cars. It's a $1.6 million home. So they're staging it with all this different stuff. Now I I can assure you that they did not have a Maserati and uh, five various other $200,000 plus cars in the driveway, but it looked as real as if it was there. Oh yeah. I've seen those. Those are, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I wouldn't mind seeing one of those in my driveway, but go ahead. What else What else was there? Oh, well, uh, let's see. I know there's been a lot of controversy about Cyberpunk 2077. Of course, I enjoyed it. I believe you did. Yep. Um, one of the things I really enjoyed about it is the music, and they actually had a panel about that talking about how, especially in the uh, uh, cutscenes and such, if there is a piece of music that is occurring in a situation is meant to do something, you know, that was specifically placed to be there. Right. Um, everything in the playlist on the radio for the cars was explicitly chosen to be used. Um, really going into the whys and how and the psychology of why they chose to do it um, was very interesting. And I mean, in general, there was a lot here. Um, you know, if you're a budding game developer or something, this would probably be something worth looking at. Um, to me, there was a lot of just stuff that for, as me was not that necessarily interesting. Um, definitely some higher end stuff though, for those other people who are looking at like machine learning, heavy AI, you know, AI stuff. Um, again, a lot of networking. Um, but it was a very, you know, broad spectrum of things they had and doing it digitally like this definitely brought in some interesting concepts because, you know, I didn't have to be there at exactly 7 a.m. when this was posted, you know? Right. Yeah. It's a sort of an on-demand environment, which is kind of nice, I can say, from going to conventions. But, uh, you know, definitely a specific audience. But it's interesting to see. I, one comment they did make, and I'm going to close with this, is that it actually takes more to make a video game now than a movie. Oh, And definitely. I can see where that definitely is the case. Well, Bill, thanks. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. This is the part of the show every week, well, almost every week, where we get to answer your questions. So keep them coming in. One user-friendly on Facebook, one user-friendly on Twitter. You can also get us a hold of us old school, and that's by the phone. And yes, that's old school, I think now, 503-766-6264. That's 503-766-6264. That is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 28 hours a day on Bajor. What questions do we have this week? What other game hardware is worth money? We talked about some video games that were worth a lot of money last week, and we've had a lot of questions coming in on this. In fact, I think we're going to do another segment coming up here. I also have uh, somebody that does a show 
that is the person that found the combination PlayStation Nintendo rig at a garage sale in Seattle. And uh, he contacted us, so we're going to be talking a little bit about that experience in the upcoming weeks, too, because it's out there, and a lot of this hardware is really, really worth a buck. One thing that I found out this week is that I have a Robbie the Robot. This goes back to when I was in high school with the original Nintendo 8-bit system. And this was a device that was sold for a while. It's a little robot that reacts to things on the screen, kind of a cool thing. I liked it. And I kept it. I have the original box and all the rest of it. And I found one going on eBay for just under $15,000. Ow. And the price varies on these things quite a bit based on condition. But, you know, complete. I don't want to sell it, even at that price. But, man, you got to look at some of these. The other thing that really surprised me is the Power Glove, which also was a device for the original 8-bit Nintendo. And those, if you have the original box, even if they're out of the box, are fetching five, dollars $6,000 at auction. So this stuff really is starting to be worth wow. money. Is the whole world having issues with Electronic Arts? Electronic Arts, the video game company. So this is hey. kind of funny, Jeremy. I know you had an issue, and I'll let you talk about it in just a second here. Doesn't he still have one? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> we're getting a lot of listener questions about problems with Electronic Arts. The whole world, I don't know. Uh, Jeremy, just really quick, what happened to you? Uh, I've been playing uh, their game Simpsons Tapped Out for um, more than 10 years now. Uh, and it just, somehow they locked me out of the game. They decided they were going to put in a two-step verification thing. And I can get emails from them with, with tech support. They can send me as many emails as they want. The game, however, asking for the verification code won't send me an email. So you haven't been able to get back in. How long have you been locked out? Uh, more than it's like two 10 weeks. days now. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, a lot of other questions coming in about bits and pieces of things to do with EA. I've talked about it in the past, my story with them and uh, messing up the launch of the last version of SimCity, which is a game that I really liked. Mm -hmm. um, you know, So there have been some issues out here. So I'll reach out to EA. Uh, they are a press partner of ours. And just ask them these questions and see if maybe we can figure out what's going on. Is Upgrade a Bitcoin credit card? Listener question. We're starting to hear about these. Bitcoin cryptocurrency. We've talked about it a lot. A crypto credit card. Mm -hmm. So answer to this question is no, not yet. And as far as I can tell, we don't actually have a mainstream crypto credit card, like one where you can go in and pay with cryptocurrency at a store. However, there are a number of them, including Upgrade, that will earn as the rewards cryptocurrency. And yes, Upgrade is one of them. It earns Bitcoin. There's several other SoFi credit card, Brex, BlockFi, Bitcoin Rewards credit card, and the list goes on. NerdWallet talks a lot about these. And so this does exist in that fashion, but all of them so far are either a Visa or a MasterCard. So when you pay, you pay with normal funds like you would with any other credit card. You just get cryptocurrency as the reward program. Can you see strangers' payments on Venmo? Yeah, good question. Venmo is a app that I use. It's used for transferring money, kind of a digital payment platform, usually tied to your bank account, and you can send money back and forth. But it does have what I've always thought was odd was a social media aspect of it. So when you make a payment, there's an option. Do you want to share this payment with the world? Do you want to just share it with the person you're making the payment through, your friends? You know, kind of like something you'd that's, see on Facebook. That's weird. That yeah, is that's, weird. That's what I've always thought, too. I mean, you know, usually financial information is something that uh, isn't something you share, although in the space of social media, a lot of people share a lot of things that I wouldn't. Uh -huh. Yeah. To each his own, right? So, but in any event, 
Uh, this was something you could do. However, they are removing the channels that allow for global sharing of payment information. So you can still <laughs> share your payment information publicly, and you can still go on and do that, but it's not going to be quite as worldwide as it was before. I don't know. This is just one of the things. I use Vimo to pay for uh, car repairs with my mechanic. Yeah. And I've noticed that's been a thing on that because it prompts me, who do you want to see this payment? Well, my mechanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, and that's it. And nobody else. I mean, why would I, right? So, uh, well, I mean, that's obviously a huge Facebook story. Yeah. Yeah. Very much, very much so. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Let's see if I can do this. Billionaires in space. Yes. <laughs> edit, edit Billionaires in. in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But that's what's been going on here. The uh, retired CEO now or past CEO of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, uh, has gone into space. Uh, a while back, we talked about them auctioning off another seat on that ship. So I don't know. What do you think about this? Um, well, I, I'm, it's cool that they're doing it. It's just weird that you can only do it if you have a ton of money. I, I think it's, I, I think it's going to have to be this way for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, Virgin Galactic's been out there for a while mm-hmm. selling tickets. And now that's an option too, which is interesting. So I think the idea of space tourism is going to be a thing. It certainly will be a thing for the rich to start with, as we can see right now. Well, see, the thing is, is if you have rich people who have that kind of disposable income investing in uh, trying out a product, which is the the space, you know, ship, if you want to call it that. And then if that helps to pay for the maintenance, the research, that's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a little bit hard for some of our governments to do these things when you have other social problems that need to be dealt with or infrastructure problems. So having these billionaires put something towards our future, I I like that idea. I know that, uh, and this was long before this flight, we had the opportunity to interview someone from NASA. And one of the questions that had come up with this is uh, governments, and you mentioned this, spending a lot of money on the space program. And uh, wouldn't that money be better spent here on Earth and that type of thing? And his answer to that I thought was really interesting because it's this idea that most of our technological advancement comes from two things, war or space exploration. Mm -hmm. So when you Mm -hmm. have to figure something out to work in space, that actually drives a lot of the development of new technology that we use back here on Earth. Yeah. And and war certainly does. Microwave communications, all that kind of stuff came from that. I actually think there's a third one, um, science fiction. Yeah, science fiction. Well, science fiction has driven the idea of what could be possible. I mean, the flip phones that we had came out of Star Trek. Yeah. There's a lot of other things like that. Star Wars technology, I know you've seen a lot of places now. Uh, for both good and bad, we're starting to have directed energy weapons. That mm-hmm. actually does exist now. That's They're figuring out that's what looks like may have happened to the diplomats in Cuba, and we're starting to hear instances of that all over the world now. Uh-huh. So, you know, these type of things. But tech is tech and can be used for good and bad. Um, like anything else, you have that kind of a situation. But yes, yeah, science fiction has definitely 
presented at least the idea of this is what could be possible. And I know people were really excited about this during the 60s and the 70s. I mean, I was just like a little kid, and I didn't completely fully understand the magnitude of of what was happening. But our, our older friends and family who understood what was happening, the magnitude of this kind of change, they were really into it. Right. Uh, you even see like on The Crown, I don't know how real The Crown um, scenes are, but the royal family is shown as watching them go up into space. They were excited. They weren't Americans, but they were excited. And there was lots of things like uh, food, astronaut food, space food sticks, tang, tang. the costumes, tang. the toys. <laughs> we all dreamed that, wow, there's this wonderful adventure of space. And I think it's nice to have this brought back into our social psyche or whatever you want to call it, because it's a positive thing that every person on this planet can enjoy and dream about. That's something we all have in common, is that we are on this ball, and there's a moon out there, and some other planets, and the sun. We can dream about checking these places out together. Yeah, the 1960s and 70s drove a lot. And you're talking about the interest in that era, because everything looked like a spaceship or a rocket. Kids, (laughs) toys, different things like that. There's a kind of car my girlfriend isn't real happy about me wanting, but I'd love to get someday as a (laughs) roadrunner. And there's a version of it that has all of these wings and uh, stuff. It's the more collectible and, of course, the more expensive version, unfortunately. But it is uh, definitely based on that. And you saw that in a lot of the pop culture design from the period and the actual technology. The United States started playing with the idea of portable nuclear reactors, uh, none of which ended well, by the way. (laughs) 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 They're still cleaning up a mess in Antarctica uh, from one of those. Um, but uh, And actually, the military is talking about trying to do this again, although I do think with modern tech versus what they had at that era, probably it would work better. But uh, the thing is, at the end of the day, good, bad, or otherwise, that drove a lot of where we're headed now. And, you know, we're going into an era now where we're going to need technology to be able to fix a lot of things worldwide, and it will help food production, stuff from climate change, all this kind of stuff. That if you can figure out a way to deal with it, technology could be an answer to either mitigate or in some case solve some of these problems. The idea behind what it is designed to do. So I think headed in the direction, we're going to see a lot of new things come out. But a lot of it's building on the old, too, when you figure out. The internet was developed in the late 60s, early 70s. World Wide Web wasn't invented until 1991. But the actual network, the what makes it work, is much older. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're dealing with that kind of thing. Would you, either of you, ever actually go to space if that was oh, presented to you? Absolutely. I would go in a uh, heartbeat. I think I would consider the, the Virgin Air adventure. Uh, that looked kind of cool. Um, I might be too old, but then again, no. the lady that was in Bezos' little you know ship, uh, she, she was a pilot, and she right. was definitely an older female, yeah. so... She but made of it, course, she it. was also in really good shape. Yeah, well. Yeah, they said that she... Um, uh, did better than the astronauts, the male astronauts. So in the tests, so oh, who knows? Interesting. Yeah, and it's just mm-hmm. uh, I know with those type of systems too, like the Virgin Galactic, it is a little easier than going up in something like the space shuttle. 
So you have yeah, a difference yeah. from that standpoint, too. You know, I'm going to have to think about the idea. I'll comment on the next segment if I would go up in space that way or not, because it is something that, you know, there's a part of it that might be kind of fun, and there's a part of it that I'm not so sure about. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I can totally understand <laughs> that feeling. <laughs> this is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Well, great show this week. You know, I am not sure that I am ready with our current technology to go to space. Mm, I don't know. I mean, we do have airtight planes. But, True. You know. And the thing is, is you have to practice and try things out before you can really get to that successful point. Yeah, this is true. And it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just am of the opinion with that particular scenario. Let's let them try it out. And uh, as soon as I can beam up to the spaceship, I'll consider it. But, I still uh, say Leonard McCoy would argue with you. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, you mean? No, no McCoy. Leonard Remember, McCoy. he didn't, he didn't oh, like Doctor, the transporter. Yes, 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 yes. He liked the shuttle. <laughs> up. Well, okay, if they have shuttles that work in that way, too, like from Star Trek, I'd be willing to ride the shuttle. I'm just still worried about the rocket scenario, so we'll... Uh, mm. I, to tell you the truth, I was a little scared for him. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, it just... Uh, we'll see where this ends up going. Uh, much more here on Earth, Game Developers Conference, great show. You know, we've been trying to get to that for two years now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were all set to go last year. It was in March, and it, it was like a week after the whole COVID shutdown thing hit. And uh, the show was going to go, and then everybody started backing out and pulling out because of the pandemic. I, I remember don't that. It was a pandemic yet. Yeah, we, remember, we were going to no. fly down to the Bay Area. Yeah. And, and we had two shows back-to-back, -back and both got canceled. It was a bummer. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, I, I'm glad the virtual show went well this year. You know, what Bill said about it, it was uh, great to actually be able to attend it. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully next year we'll be able to do it in person. We'll keep our fingers crossed on that. Yeah. You know, and it, uh, upcoming in-person shows, if everything goes well, we are starting to see some of the mask mandates come back. So this is all kind of hit and miss based on, I think, what's going on. We right. still have... We still have our costumes with uh, with masks that can be added. Yep, mm -hmm. and, and masks, not like you know the masks not look weird. Don't prevent us. It's my concern is is if the viral stuff does come back up, they might start canceling the shows again. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, so that's where we're, it's kind of hit and miss. But Black Hat's coming up July thirty first through August fifth. Uh, Chaz will be covering that for us in Las Vegas, and then Silicon, the Silicon Valley Comic Con, as it was called before, is August twenty eighth and twenty ninth in San Jose. And that was one that I am looking forward to. I hope uh, it's able to be done. Yeah. And I, I know Adam Savage, he's got a new idea on the show this year. That used to be Waz's show from Apple and they've switched it over and a lot of the promotional things. I know you've done some of the builder workshops, Jeremy, mm -hmm. and we've talked about that. So you're going to be bringing, I think it's a helmet and something else. Helmet and gauntlets. Gauntlets. That's foam, right. That's foam, foam gauntlets. <laughs> so uh, bringing those for a contest. So we'll, See how all of that goes out. So that one's going to be kind of fun. Get everything set up from that. If you are traveling this year, make your reservations in advance. It's, I'm finding it's very difficult to get hotels next to impossible to get rental cars. Yeah. So these are all things that you want to take into consideration. And plane flights are very expensive. So the farther out you book, the more you can save. Until next week, this is User-Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge.
User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2021, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by wearetechnology.com. Podcast available at userfriendlynation.com, theanswerportland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.